Well, it's great to uh, join you today and to share God's uh, word. Welcome to you, uh, whether you've been coming to Kings for many years or this is your first Sunday. Um, you join us on a day that we do once a year. We call it Vision Sunday. It's an opportunity for me as the kind of senior pastor, leader of Kings, just to share with you and give thanks for what God has done in the past. We're very grateful for the faithfulness of God over these last uh, well, actually, since we came to lead the church some 27 years ago, all that God has done, uh, and also his faithfulness in the recent months and years since COVID hit. And then we'll just look ahead a little into the next year, some of the opportunities, challenges uh, that we face. So as I was thinking about this particular Sunday, I thought I would look back 27 years rather than about 27 months just to set what God is doing amongst us as we rebuild post-COVID, we just see the hand of God on us over a slightly longer period. And I hope that that will encourage us and give us confidence that God is at work and God is faithful and God builds over decades, not just over months. So that's where we're going. And I thought I'd start by showing you where if you come to Kings over the years, you would have probably seen this picture uh, quite a few times. We didn't realise that when we took this picture, here it is, it's a picture of me and Deb as a young couple. Feels like a generation ago, and in many ways it is a generation ago. Um, I think we're, I'm in my early 30s, mid-30s, Deb's in her just 30-ish. Uh, and you can see there, that's Ben, who's our eldest. He was four at the time. Uh, he and his wife, Alice, have just moved to Bristol. They've been in the church, uh, uh, grown up here and then uh, been around with our first grandson, Isaac, and then they felt time to move out, and they've gone to Bristol. We visited them last week. They're doing well. Uh, a sense of loss for us, but we were totally supportive of their move. And then there you can see uh, Josh. I think he's about 18 months here. Uh, you'll see Josh around occasionally. He's about six foot and, yeah, in late 20s. And then, of course, Sam. Uh, well, Sam is now 22. Uh, he... Uh, He's not in this picture because he was born in London uh, just uh, in 1999 he was. So he's uh, our third son. We're very proud of our three boys. And our family has grown up, uh, in a sense, alongside a church that has grown up. Um, when we came, we really came because we felt God had called us to a big vision uh, it was really the vision of the restoration of the church. We were a part of a family of churches called New Frontiers, led by Terry Virgo. And he cast a big vision that the hope of the world is the church. And we were caught up with that vision, and many of us were. And we said, no, God's plan A for the primary agent of the kingdom of God is, is God's people, God's church. And we felt the application of that was that we worked this out by moving from Bedford to London to rebuild the church here at King's. And the church we came to was a struggling, to be honest, it was a struggling church with a rundown building. You've heard the story about 150 people. Uh, and we came and we moved from provincial town into urban context. It was a big challenge for us as a young family. We inherited some fantastic people and we literally thought, we'll just go. And, and what God has done amongst us is, is amazing. I still, you know, you kind of pinch yourself that we have been so blessed 
to see God's faithfulness. And I wanted to remind you of the story. I'm doing it because I know there are many new people joining us at the moment. You're so welcome. Uh, And we just want you to know a little bit of our journey. And we're hoping it will inspire you to believe God for our future together. Uh, I want to root this in Acts 2 today. And here we have some famous verses. They're really talking about this biblical community. Uh, This is what the kind of New Testament church was was like. Let's read verse 42 to 47 of Acts chapter 2. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. And they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. And they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Um, Kings is endeavoring uh, in the context we find, so contextually, uh, we're not in Jerusalem, we're in London, uh, to uh, build an Acts 2 type church or an Acts like church. And in its context, what we see here is this building of community is really in response to what has just happened before. The coming of the Holy Spirit, so the promised Holy Spirit is poured out, and then the Apostle Peter gets up and preaches the gospel. So if we're a community that are full of the Holy Spirit, the gospel will be preached, people will be saved, and then as you get believers, some very new, just understanding the faith, the challenge then for the community is, is, is to build disciples and build friendship and, and uh, let people become more like Christ. It's, it's a part of our vision. We want to reach people and then we want to restore them. So we want people, we want to be a church that sees people saved. And to be honest, you can go to lots of churches where there's fantastic community. Everyone knows everyone. Everyone feels loved up. And, uh, but we, 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 we want that. But also we want a church that's got that stretch component, which is pioneering and punching into our culture and finding uh, people who are not yet Christians in, in the room. And so that's why we've always had a heart to reach people and why we, we talk like we want to be a missional church. We want to, we want to reach people. And if you don't reach people in the end, your community can be very tight, but in the end it gets smaller and smaller and older and older. And that's why churches over two or three generations basically die out. The average age of a church in the world is about 75 years. Fascinating, isn't it? Most churches only last 75 years uh, because they don't make the jump to the next generation and they don't reach people for Jesus. So you have to continue to lean into that. Uh, But while you're doing that, you also need to build community. And that's what you see the New Testament church do. They reach people and then they build fellowship and they're together and they're worshiping and praying and breaking bread. And and that's what we're trying to balance all the time. Our story 
up until COVID would be one of nearly every year we would have more people coming and we were always living, let's say, in Act 6 moment. If we had time to get to Act 6, we know that when things grow, there are unmet needs and you have to re-engineer. And I feel like since I've been the pastor, it's like every year we're just trying to adjust to what God's doing. We came in 1995. So I said, it's about 150, maybe 200 people. It was in a rundown building on a Catford uh, site venue. That was the only building we had. Uh, we actually did own another building in Alford Chapel, but it was a rundown and not, not being used. And so we have just one meeting on the Catford site. This is where we started. And we started, it was very slow to begin with. Uh, and it, first 18 months, if someone joined, I offended someone else and they left. It didn't, it was a big change time with a new pastor. Hopefully I didn't offend anyone, but you know what I mean. And then uh, it started to grow. But for the first five years, we just grew from around 200 to 300. We did a big building project, a two million pound building project, uh, which kind of created what is now the Catford uh, Auditorium. Uh, that we extended that a little later, but just that initial project was amazing. Generous church, 200 people giving two million pounds, remarkable uh, faith steps. Uh, but still, then the next five years, we grew from three to 500 people. So that we, we moved from, a, you know, we're still a medium-sized church in the UK, and we've been faithful 10 years, not really, not really known that kind of just a, a good church, a growing church. And then the next five years, we really did have some remarkable um, seasons, the closest to like revival that maybe we've ever had. I remember one occasion we just grew by 200 people in about six months. I mean, it was fantastic and it was chaos at the same time. And uh, then over the next five years, we grew to about a thousand people. And that got us to about 2010. And then we just ran out of space. And that's where we took the massive faith step again. And we bought the Lee building, uh, which has been such a blessing for us. And we went multi-site and our friends at Downham came in. And then we went through another surge of growth over the next six, seven years. Uh, we went to three meetings on our Catford site, somewhere in there. And then in 2018, we launched out the Beckenham site. What a remarkable site that's become. I just heard last week they baptised seven people with over 240 people there, even post-COVID, and uh, such an encouragement. And so that's been our journey. And we really hit a spiritual high point in January 2020, where we had more people coming to Kings than ever, around 1,700, and then we had 21 days of prayer. And night after night after night, we cried out to God that he would come and help us reach more, restore more, and actually resource. By now, we started to be called to a wider mission, and myself particularly, and, and others like Andrew Wilson, our teaching pastor, we felt called to be a blessing to the wider body of Christ, and particularly our family, our wider family called New Frontiers. And that has increased, particularly in this last five or so years. Uh, so that, that's where we got to. And then, like everyone else in the world, we went into lockdown. And really, church life hasn't really returned to any real normality until Easter this year. So we were, do you remember we had the week of prayer in March and became a super spreader event. I got COVID and things like that. And uh, 
Oh, uh, so really now as we kind of go into this new church year, this is the first time that we are really now feeling more confident that though there'll be other waves I suspect of COVID, that we're really through the worst of it and we can get back to rebuilding. And we are, that's what we're doing. And I've been very encouraged with how we've uh, begin uh, to recover. So, so, you know, we have about 85% back now compared in person. We still have about 15% online. And we're encouraging, if you're watching online now, to intentionally step back into being together with other believers in person. A phrase that I'd never heard of the phrase, in-person services. They'd always been in-person services. That's how you did community. You were with God's people. And uh, we now want to encourage an increasing drift back from online into the room. Acts 2 summarizes some of the characteristics of this church and they're very familiar to us if you've been a Christian for any length of time. It says that they were devoted to things. They were devoted to God's word and the preaching of God's word. They were devoted to fellowship. They were uh, devoted to breaking bread and celebrating the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. They were devoted to praying together. It says that they were devoted to being a generous people, helping those in need, and they were uh, committed to meeting together in temple courts and in, in homes. And they were a community that worshipped and praised God together. And they were a community that continued to see people saved. These are the type of characteristics uh, they had signs and wonders and the power of God. And this is the type of community we want to be and aspire to be. But today, I really just want to focus in on one word uh, that uh, uh, I think really appears uh, four times in the passage. Uh, and I, I actually, I'm going to put it back up on the screen for you. And you can actually see that this is what I wanted to, in a sense, if there was one word you take away today from this message, it's this, together. Together. So it says they devoted themselves to fellowship, which means, you know, this fellowship is just people <laughs> meeting with other people and sharing lives. And we're grateful for technology. That means that if you're not well or you're away for a Sunday that you can connect in and stay connected. But we don't think that is ultimately authentic discipleship or biblical Christianity, friends, do we? Um, and you can see here that they, they were together. They had fellowship. And it says all the believers were together. Uh, and every day they continue to meet together. And they broke bread in the homes and ate together. And I, I want to encourage you if you've made first steps back in, I know, because each I know because each week I keep seeing old friends who say, oh, I've made it back. I met a couple last week. They were new. They came to the baptism. Amazing weekend last weekend, wasn't it? 23 people baptised, people getting saved. But I met this, this family. They'd never been to Kingston before. They were a guest of someone being baptised. And they said, look, we, we just kind of stopped going to in-person. We're just watching online. 
And, but they said to me, there's nothing like being in the room. And I said, yeah, there's nothing like being in the room. It's a bit like the difference of watching sport on the television and being there live. I enjoy watching sport on the television. I do, I watch a lot of it. Uh, it's one of the ways I relax, but there's nothing like being there live with other people. You experience it together. There's something about the corporate gathering that helps you and me encounter God. There is purpose uh, in God's exhortation to be together uh, and uh, both in the corporate and also sometimes in smaller settings. And so that's, in a sense, the heart of the message, an appeal that we continue to prioritise corporate gatherings. So for some of us, we've made it back, but we haven't made it back as often, if we're honest with ourselves. Uh, other habits or other focuses or ultimately idols or gods have drawn our attention. Oh, I just as busy at work. Uh, I only have really quality time as a family. These are all good things, but very quickly they can kind of come alongside and compete with what a jealous God wants, a devoted heart, uh, which is why Sunday is the first day of the week. And, uh, and when it comes to your money, it's things like first fruits. It is saying that, God, no, you, I'm gonna, put, I'm gonna seek ye first the kingdom, and I'm gonna trust if I do that, all these other things will fall in place, is uh, the words of Jesus. So I've got three uh, kind of uh, applications for us today out of this phrase, together. The first is simply, it said, together in temple courts and the ate in homes. How we take that and apply that at Kings is we say, look, whether you go to Beckenham, Downham, Lee or Catford, we want to encourage you from now, uh, as COVID continues to, it's still around, but it's drifting into the background, to now come back and get with other people. And the thing is, the longer you leave it, the harder it is. And so therefore, you've like discipled yourself into kind of being disconnected from a people. And so in some ways, it feels like starting again. Well, I understand that. And so therefore, if you come, you'll get a big hug from me. You know, we, we wanna make it uh, an easy step for you but you have to, ultimately in the end, it's with you to make a decision. And I'm asking you to connect. And first, for some of you who are just coming back on Sundays, keep coming back. Um, and, and then we want you to, we want to share lives with other people. And we do that through Sundays and then we do it predominantly through our groups. So Kings has always said, look, if you want to be connected into community life, be there on Sunday to worship Jesus, hear God's word, and then get in a group. And this term we've got a very important teaching series, one which we have been waiting to do because we wanted to do, do, to do it when everyone was together. And that is our ongoing discussion about the issues of race and the leg legacy issues of race and racism. Uh, it's something that we have done as a community over the last um, 20 plus years since I've been the pastor. Early on talking with people like Colin Thomas and Owen Hilton helped me understand, helped me learn. To be honest, I was a little naive and, 
they were so gracious to me. People like Mavis, let's support the pastor. I mean, just remarkable, grace-filled people that could so easily take an offence as I kind of made mistakes and said phrases in the wrong way. And uh, But they educated me, they stood with me, and we've endeavoured, therefore, to build a very multicultural, diverse community. And at different moments, we've had blocks of teaching. So in 2008, Gracism, and then 2017, uh, Invited, where we've really gone a little deeper, and then every year we've addressed the subject. And then in the middle of COVID, we had the watershed moment with uh, the death and murder of George Floyd. And I spoke about that uh, and uh, called us to be an Ephesians 2 church. I went on a number of interviews. I felt it was important for us, the pastor, to speak and not be silent. And I said that we want to go on a journey, in fact, continue to go on a journey with all the challenges it brings, uh, which are real, um, that we would give a significant amount of time uh, to this important subject. So we're doing it out of Galatians. It's a nine-week series. We were going to do it early in the year, but then we had, an, as I alluded to, we had to kind of stand back because of the pandemic. Well, now we feel we're ready to go, and it's a really important series. And we want you to come and hear God's Word on the Sunday, and we want you to get in, in groups. We started as a staff team in a group um, this week, and uh, just sh I think sharing stories and perspectives breaks down stereotypes and is powerful in building empathy between different perspectives and different journeys. Um, and I just want to recommend a couple of resources to you, that the resource we've uh, provided, Undivided. Uh, we're very grateful for Tarek and his team and Andrew Wilson and some of the other pastors who've done the work on this. It costs £3, but I think it's money well spent, and it will guide you through the series for groups and for what's happening on Sunday. And then I read um, uh, this book. Uh, I found George Yancey particularly helpful. Uh, he is an American, so you have to contextualize it a little because he's addressing the American scene. But I felt there's transferable principles in this book. It's called Beyond Racial Division. It's his latest book. Uh, and I found it particularly helpful to, in a sense, bring me up to date with some of the latest thinking. And one of the things he says is that he observes a polarization in this discussion where, uh, and what's happening is that on the different ends of the spectrum, some are saying, look, this is not really, we need to get over this. This is not an issue at all. People are overstating it, yeah? So that's one way. And then others are saying, no, there are massive issues of legacy, institutional racism, uh, issues to do with history that need resolving. And uh, uh, he says what's happened is that as people get entrenched in these two perspectives, dialogue breaks down and basically there's greater division and he appeals that a Christ-like way is to have dialogue. And that's my appeal to you. Wherever you're on the spectrum, uh, and to be honest, I, yeah, I, I lean a little bit more this way. I think uh, really, there's clearly ongoing racism. There's clearly institutional racialism. There's clearly legacy. So I, 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 I want you to know I, I, that's out of my own uh, conviction. Uh, I think there is progress as well. Uh, but my appeal that as God's people, 
that we do what he says is he says, I want mutual accountability. He says, I want basically conversation rather than isolation. And so I want to encourage you, as you feel comfortable, to lean in and to listen and learn. Let's be, let's be a, a people that learn from one another. Let's think best of one another. It's a really important topic for us. And uh, I could say so much more, but I probably need to move on. But that's going to shape Starks next Sunday. I think it's a really important um, series for us. Secondly, uh, we face uh, as a community like many across uh, the nation, nearly all of us, a you know, another once-in-a-lifetime challenge related to the impact of war in Europe. And uh, so I, I, I think we've got to do this together. And I'm, my second point is let's be together in generosity. Uh, on Tuesday, uh, on the 27th, uh, I will be presenting and giving an account for the stewardship of the generosity of God's people here. Last year, we did well. We set a target of 2.1 million given. We came in at just over 2 million, 2 million and 27,000. So a little bit behind, um, but that's okay. Uh, but as we begun to say to you in the second half of the year, we're just worrying about the underlying trend. Uh, and uh, since then, obviously our costs have gone up like everyone else. Um, and uh, we know that people are, are facing more challenge ever than before uh, to do with the, the kind of the, the costs of, of living inflation. We're totally aware of that. So we're trying to hold a balance here. I've been partially aware of that, but also been really open and real with you. And so this year, we, without a major restructuring, uh, we are aiming, and we really need to hit about 2.1. So we basically set the same target as last year, and we are going to trust as we re while we recover, and new, lots of new people are joining us, that that will enable us to reach to 2.1 million. That's challenging. Uh, probably one of the most challenging uh, goals we've had since we've bought a major building, where a number of us just double tie for a number of years. So it's not that we haven't done these things in the past. It's just uh, it's a challenging environment for all of us. Um, We'll have our next gift days on the 9th and 16th of October, where we ask you to come and bring an additional offering towards our Vision uh, uh, 2030 um, dream. Uh, and we're going to have to give more sacrificially than maybe we've done in the last few years. We want you to give out of what you have, not what you don't have. We don't believe in a, 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 a like a theology of prosperity. We, we teach steward. steward. We teach you should tithe. First fruits, that's 10% of your income, and some of you should make steps towards that. Uh, but that's, you know, in a sense, the starting point. And we also teach the New Testament encouragement of proportional giving, which basically means those of us that have more should be giving more than a tithe. To put it simply, that's something that we've practiced for a number of years, uh, Deb and I. Uh, and it's interesting in the passage, isn't it, that actually sold property and possessions. So... Some of us actually are sitting on significant wealth now. We are a generation, different to maybe my kids and those that are in their 20s and early 30s, we're of a generation that have benefited for some of the kind of government policy over years, which has impacted the, our, our, our assets, our wealth. We literally have houses that are worth hundreds of thousands of pounds and pension pots that some of you 
but particularly if it's a nice government one, you know, it's a pretty good package. And therefore, if we get to my agent stage, probably the responsibility on us for the family purse is higher. And through this year, uh, as your pastor, I will challenge all of us to contribute and honour God first. And for those of us that proportionately have done well, God has blessed us through our the gifts he gave us uh, or the investments we made, that we may have to go a little bit further than we've done in the last few years. That all said, if a thousand people at King's gave 10 pounds more per month, that would mean that the goal we've set is easily attainable. It would be a, an additional 150,000 pounds. So it really is, hmm, that's, that's not even a coffee a week, is it? Uh, for every one of us here. So it's not a, a, a goal which is impossible to believe. But it's also important to note that if a thousand of us, <laughs> if we did it the other way, if we reduced our giving by 10 pounds a month, then that has quite a lot of impact as well. So we, we will look closely at this, we will report and be open about where we are, but we're going for a, um, a 2.1. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I, we could do a hit in that this year, Kings. Okay, can I say that to you? We, 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 we need to go for that with faith. I, I'm, I'm confident we'll make it. And then lastly, one of the big challenges from COVID has been the challenge to serve together uh, uh, and the, the serving challenge. King's, uh, it's great to get back in the room. Well done. Just well done for being in the room. Okay. Once in a, a century pandemic and we're still standing. Well done. In the room. And we're all recovering and getting back into rhythm uh, of normal life. But actually, if Kings is going to continue to flourish and get back into how we were before, it requires a massive team effort. Hundreds and hundreds of people serving, leading groups, leading alpha groups, serving young people, uh, caring for kids and raising them in the ways of the Lord, loving our children and all, all, all these things. And so um, now we're back in the room. We now need to get back into serving. We need actually every one of you. <laughs> I mean, every one of you contributing, not just generously with your money, but also with your time. That is biblical church life as we have built and understand it. It's the priesthood of all believers. It isn't just about us pastors running faster. We need to do a massive team effort. And so can I ask you to, to step forward and uh, play your part. It could be stewarding, it could be tea and coffee. There's multiple, it could be on production. There's just huge areas where we're, we're under-resourced because we're, we're rebuilding. We're recovering from, in a sense, it all being scattered and now we're building block by block by block. And uh, we, we ask you to now take that step. Um, this may surprise you, but and next year I'm actually 60s and I've started to realise that there are more years sort of behind me than there are before me, but I'm totally committed to God's vision and that we are called to reach, uh, restore and resource. And I'm asking you again as the part of this church to honour God in your lives and come together. And let's, let's do it together, kings. Let's emerge from this pandemic and build strong 
and reach many people for Jesus and restore them and disciple them and then be a blessing to the wider body of Christ, uh, to our family New Frontiers. Uh, that's my uh, appeal, ask of you. Uh, let's do it together.